Grace, mercy, and peace to you, beloved, from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text is the appointed gospel lesson from Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. We're going to consider this under the title, The Final Judgment. The Final Judgment. So friends in Christ, so often it seems like life is so repetitious. We do about the same thing every single day, every single week and such. It's so predictable, it appears to be so unending, right? So again, week after week, we go about doing pretty much the same thing. Here we are again in Christian worship. You're listening to another sermon, different preacher, different text, but another sermon in person. How wonderful or via technology. In nature, we see this as well. One season gives way to the next. Summer has already given way to fall, and fall will soon give way to winter. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is this week, and once again, we have the opportunity to gather as God's people in God's house. Two times to do that, Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Just as we've done before, though, of course, with our social distancing, some of us wearing Masks. Hopefully not wearing masks and social distancing as we gather together in our homes to celebrate Thanksgiving and all God's good gifts. As Pastor Ziegler said, we've been through another annual day of prayer and another Loyalty Sunday, praying and pledging together as a congregation, as God's people. But again, the point is everything seems to be going on as it always has as it always has. Now, the Apostle Peter, when he wrote his second letter, he pointed this fact out. But he wasn't really mentioning how Christians noticed this, but non-Christians. And he gave a very special name for these non-Christians. He called them scoffers. Scoffers. And so the Apostle Peter wrote, scoffers will come in the last days with their scoffing, following their own sinful desires, they will say, forever since the fathers fell asleep, forever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. So, where is the promise of Jesus coming? So, dear friends, because everything seems so repetitious, so unending, what do these unbelievers, what do these scoffers do? They continue in their scoffing. They continue in sin without repentance. And they think and they act like everything is going to continue to go on as it always has. And Jesus, our dear sweet Jesus, will never come again. And so today is the last Sunday of the church year, reminding us that there is an end. That's why it's so important for us to gather together best in person, if not through the technology, so that we could hear God's Word, so that we could speak together the church's ancient creeds. We could sing our hymns together and speak our worship liturgy together as we said in the Nicene Creed, and Jesus will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. God's word, the liturgy, 
Our hymns, our creeds, they serve as an anchor for our soul. An anchor for our soul to help us hold steady as we live among scoffers, unbelievers, pointing us forward to a day, the day, the last day, when Jesus will come again in glory and He will carry out the final judgment. The final judgment. Matthew chapter 25. That's before us today. 31 and following. Matthew 25 is the last time. It's the last time in Matthew's Gospel where our Lord Jesus Christ would make use of stories to teach His people. Of course, Jesus continues teaching His people. He would do so in Matthew chapter 26 and following, but He would do so in a much more direct way. He wouldn't use stories. He'd teach also through His suffering, death, and resurrection. But in our reading, this is the last thing that Jesus teaches by using stories. That He's going to come again, and really it's not a story like once upon a time. It is an actual description of what's going to take place. What's going to take place. And so, folks, though life does seem to be going on as it always has, one day, all of this is going to be over, done, finished, complete. And all people, as Jesus said, all people will face the final judgment. The final judgment. And they will hear a verdict. They will either receive eternal salvation in heaven or sadly be forever separated from God in hell. There is no other option and there will be no appeals. No appeals. Now notice, I think you've noticed already with this word judgment, I've used that word final with it, talking about the final judgment. The final judgment. And that's because the Bible actually describes two judgments. Two judgments. The first. The first judgment is described in John chapter 3. John chapter 3. You know John chapter 3 from that wonderful gospel in a nutshell verse. I'm sure you all have it memorized. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, shall not perish, but have eternal life. John 3.16. Now right after this, John used words related to judgment or a specific word, condemn. That word condemn. John 3.17. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. To condemn the world. But in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. That's John 3:18. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's only son. John 3:19. And this is the judgment. Men have loved darkness rather than the light. The first judgment you see, without God's Word, without the good news of the Gospel about why God sent His Son into the world and the salvation that's found in Him, everyone is already condemned. But friends, when you hear the Gospel, 
when you hear and believe why God sent his son into the world. That wonderful truth. And when you believe, you are not condemned. You are not condemned. You've passed through the first judgment with the verdict, not guilty, not condemned. And then and again, again and again after that, you hear from God and you believe and that verdict is yours, not guilty. Again, John 3.16, whoever believes in God's Son will not perish but have eternal life. John 3.18, whoever believes in Him, believes in Jesus, is not condemned. But, but everyone who ignores the gospel, rejects the gospel, despises the gospel, thinks the gospel isn't all important for their lives, they stand condemned already. Now some years back, I interacted with a man, an older man at a church that I was filling in, where I was filling in. This man had suffered a stroke and he was confined to a wheelchair. So I went over and talked with him and spoke about the hope that we have in Jesus, the hope of the resurrection of the body and the life of the world to come. But he wasn't cheered. He wasn't cheered. He only hung his head lower and said, but first we must pass through the judgment. But first we must pass through the judgment. My friends, the judgment is nothing to dread if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. God has already announced to you. He's told you exactly what's going to happen on that day. Saved eternally. Saved eternally. You and I and all believers are going to be saved eternally. So think ahead to that day. This Last Sunday of the church year points us forward to that day when you and I and every believer are going to see Jesus. We're going to meet Jesus. On that day, you and I and every believer will enjoy that new, glorious, resurrected body. A body that's never going to grow old or frail or sick or die. You and I and every believer will never again know sadness or grief or anything else that's bad. In fact, on that day, you and I and every believer will no longer be believers. We will no longer be believers because we will have and see the fulfillment of all of God's promises. Dear Christian, believe in Jesus Christ and look forward to that day, the day of the final judgment. Still, you and I and every believer also know what's going to happen to everyone, everyone who doesn't believe in God's Son, everyone who has ignored the gospel, rejected the gospel, despised the gospel, condemned. They stand condemned. And they will be condemned unless before that day arrives, they hear about Jesus from you and me or some other believer and they join us in having the gospel as an anchor for the soul. And so that's a, a reason, a very big reason, why God has delayed the final judgment and He's left us here in this world. The Apostle Peter wrote 
not long after he wrote about scoffers, the Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise. The promise of Jesus coming. But He's patient. He's patient. Not wishing that any should perish. Remember John 3.16? But that all should reach repentance. That is, they repent and believe in Jesus. And so before our Lord ascended into heaven, what did He say? Go and make disciples of all nations. Before He ascended into heaven, He said repentance and the forgiveness of sins will be preached in His name to all nations. Again, before He ascended, He said, you will be My witnesses to the ends of the earth. So that's why God has left us in this world. Why He has delayed the final judgment. And that's why we gather here. In person, preferably, maybe via the internet. And you and I read and hear and learn and study God's holy word. That we might believe more firmly? Yes, of course. But that the Holy Spirit would make us also sharper tools in His hands for reaching out to those who are still on that wide and easy road that's going to end up in eternal condemnation. Now in today's Gospel lesson, I hope you've noticed how the Son of Man is going to carry out the final judgment when He comes again in glory with His holy angels surrounding Him. He's going to sit in His glorious throne and He's going to judge in a way that's completely different from any other human court. Now usually in our human courts, in our human courts, the accused stands before the judge. And charges are read, evidence is presented, and arguments are made. And then only at the end of the trial, again the end of the trial, the verdict and the judgment are rendered. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory and sits for the final judgment, not one person only, not one accused, but all people, all nations will stand before Him. Everyone from the time of Adam and Eve to the end of the world. And the first thing Jesus says the Son of Man is going to do on that day is separate the peoples one from another. Some on His right, on His right. The rest on His left. And then the Son of Man is going to render His verdict. First spoken to those who believe in Him. To those on his right, he says, Come, you are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And notice that Jesus, the Son of Man, does that even before mentioning a single work. Before any works are mentioned, the Son of Man is going to speak his verdict and pronounce his judgment. And so this underscores the fact that salvation is indeed through faith and not by works. And that's also reflected in, a, in the name that Jesus says the Son of Man is going to use toward those on His right. Sheep, they are sheep. That also underscores that truth that the final judgment is based on faith. So think of Jesus. Remember Jesus, John chapter 10, saying, I am the Good Shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And then he also speaks about his sheep, that they recognize my voice, that they listen to my voice, and they follow me. 
He says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Remember John 3.16. And no one can snatch them out of my hand. No one can snatch them out of my hand. So sing with joy, dear Christian. I am Jesus' little lamb. Ever glad at heart I am. Sing with joy, the King of love my shepherd is. Rejoice that you are a member of the Good Shepherd's flock, that he cares for you. He continues his care for you by giving you under-shepherds, pastors, who preach and speak the Word of God to you, and especially that gospel message, that powerful gospel message that miraculously made you into a sheep of the Good Shepherd's flock, that same powerful Word that miraculously keeps you as members of the Good Shepherd's flock. But again, all the time we know that those who don't hear, those who refuse to hear and believe and take comfort in the gospel, as the Son of Man is going to indicate, they are goats. Goats. Now, in ancient Palestine, sheep and goats were at times pastured together. And they become hopelessly intermixed with one another. But then when the shepherd spoke, when the shepherd called out, the sheep recognized his voice, listened to his voice, and the sheep would come out from the goats and follow the shepherd. Believing in Jesus, you now follow Jesus. No, not perfectly. No, not perfectly you and I and every believer, we do not follow our good shepherd perfectly, but that's why he laid down his life for us. And that's why our good shepherd continues to provide under-shepherds, pastors to preach repentance and the forgiveness of sins. And you repent of your sins. You need God's forgiveness every passing hour because we want to follow our good shepherd all the more closely. After all, you love your Good Shepherd. I love my Good Shepherd. We love our Good Shepherd. And all we do in life, we want to do for Him. For Him. So in this world, as I said, sheep and goats are hopelessly mixed together, believers and unbelievers. And this is exactly according to God's will. And this is good because right now God gives us many, many opportunities to speak and share the gospel that these goats might miraculously be made into sheep and join us as members of the Good Shepherd's flock. Still, as Jesus says, the day is going to come when the Son of Man will separate the peoples as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and all on the basis of faith. But on that day, Jesus says the Son of Man will also show all nations, all humanity, all people the rightness of his verdict, the evidence behind his judgment. And that's what the Son of Man did when he said to those on his right, on his right, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink and so on. But to those on his left, for I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. Nothing to eat. 
believing in Jesus, knowing that eternal life is ahead for you now in this world as we wait for Jesus coming. All you do, you do for Jesus. Now food and drink and welcoming and visits and all these things, that's just a sample of what we as believers do for Jesus. So looking back, Last weekend, you gathered here as a member of Trinity to pray together. And you did that for Jesus. Also, the pledges that you made, Loyalty Sunday, you did that for Jesus. The food that you'll bring on Thanksgiving, you give it for Jesus. Our studying, our witnessing, our inviting. Moms and dads, when you change a diaper, it's all for Jesus. All because of Jesus, through faith in Jesus and for his glory. And so listen to your Lord in the final judgment. Whatever you did for one of these least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. You did for me. But then to those on the left, to goats, to those who do not believe, he said, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. So friends, it does matter how we live our lives. How we live our lives is so important it's going to be brought up in the final judgment. But of course, our works do not save us. What we do does not save us. Jesus is our Savior who laid down his life for his sheep. But we believe this. And we know we're saved eternally. We're members of the Good Shepherd's flock here in time and there in eternity. And now what we do, we want to do for Jesus. And so the day is coming. Look forward to that day when our lives on earth will be over. The day is coming when we will look heavenward and we will see Jesus coming back in the clouds and with great glory, surrounded by his holy angels and all those who have died coming with him. Or, like the Christians in the generations before us, the day is coming for us to fall asleep in Jesus. That is to die and to go and be with our Lord. And with this, there's no reason to be afraid. There's no reason to bear, to be down, nor do we need to be fooled like the scoffers around us thinking that life is going to go on and on and on without an end. We know why God has delayed the coming of Christ. It's to give us time to reach out. We live our lives here on earth for Jesus. And so may God the Holy Spirit continue his work in us that every week and month and year that these, as these pass by, that we believe in Jesus more and more firmly. That the Holy Spirit would use us and make us sharper and sharper tools that he could use to reach out to the goats around us. That they would be transformed by the good news we speak. And join us as members of the Good Shepherd's flock, the King, our Good Shepherd, here in time and finally in eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.